Joanna, this may seem old-fashioned, but I need to begin this episode with a public service announcement. Okay. There is new Guillermo del Toro on the horizon, and it's coming out, and we can get to see it. Hey! <laughs> so you've seen the Shape of Water trailer. Did you get to see it in theaters? Yes. Because it played before War for the Planet of the Apes here. Yes, it did here as well. Yes, I did see it. And I, I'll be honest with you. I liked War for the Planet of the Apes, but I wanted to just watch that trailer on repeat. Because... I, <laughs> you know, that was worth the price of admission. I thought it was magical and lyrical and monstrous, and I'm so excited. I'm so excited for it. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Is the creature just like Abe's origin story. No, okay, and so that's such a good question because okay. everyone has like asked that where they're just like Guillermo, are you doing a sneaky like Hellboy prequel? And he's like, "No, I swear, I promise I'm not." But I got to be honest, I wouldn't even care if he was. I, I wouldn't would either. I would see it. It doesn't matter what he does, I'll see it. He could have called it The Shape of Abe, and I'd be like, "Yeah." <laughs> yes. <laughs> But no, I I thought, like, the second I saw him, and it's Doug Jones again, like, who was Abe Sapien playing this character, too. No, it isn't. It is, yeah. <laughs> no, so I think it looks magical, and you've got Academy Award nominee Sally Hawkins. Like, oh my gosh. It'll be amazing. And I think um, we've talked about Michael Shannon before. Yes. I love some Michael Shannon. And he looks like he's turning in a villainous role here. Oh, well, yeah. So I'm I'm on board for that, and I always love Octavia Spencer coming in strong. She's she's an incredible actress. And the yeah. thing that I liked about it so much watching it is that it felt like I was watching the aesthetic and the look and the feel and the color palette of Pan's Labyrinth in yeah. an American context. And I feel and like that made for me so happy. Interest of storytelling, you mm-hmm. love the idea of storytelling on film yeah. having a character who doesn't speak yes but having like her story being told is very interesting yes it is yes so i think that's a fun fun thing no i'm i'm really excited for that and and one of the things that he has talked about at the master classes that i've seen him do is that he's not really a fan of directing dialogue so it seems like he's finally found a sneaky way of telling a story that isn't really reliant on people speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. So I just, I'm, I'm so on board with it. Like, the monster yeah. effects, even in just the little snippets we've seen, look so good. But yeah. then the cast is so cool. Yeah. And it's 1960s the other U.S. That I've seen, yeah. Um, uh, the Snowman. That looks dark. Terrifying. Yes. I so as you know, as much as I love Guillermo's and and his aesthetic. I also love a good Nordic murder story. Oh, yeah. Like, as weird and specific as that is to claim as an aesthetic that I, I appreciate, but it feels so cold, and it, I love it. Yep. Um, other fun trailer news. Yes. Have you seen the trailer mm-hmm. for um, George Clooney, Matt Damon, um, Suburbicon? I haven't, actually. It's a treat, Sean. So our dear friend Oscar Isaac. Yes. As well. Yes. Matt Damon's in it. Mm-hmm. I think Coen Brothers produced it and George Clooney's directing it. So it's basically yeah. all-star Hollywood 
comes to town for a movie? Um, they just invited everybody. Okay, that's good. And I'm glad everyone came. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it looks really good. Yeah. Oh, very, that very that sounds good. so good. Um, and people are like Oscar buzz already around it, apparently. Well, because it's article that I read at least. It's premiering at TIFF, right? You know what? I think you might be right. It's in Venice, though. Oh, so it that... might not be the premiere, but yeah. it might be at TIFF. So that's what that's what The Shape of Water is doing too. It's premiering at Venice and then screening at TIFF too. Because when's Venice again? A little bit before TIFF. I feel like I have a fun little question. Okay. That I thought would be fun to talk about. I figured last week we talked about the theatrical movie-going experience. Yes. Uh, and going to the movies. Uh-huh. But I feel like from going to the movies so often with you um, and myself going to the movies often, mm-hmm. I thought, what are some of your movie-watching pet peeves when going to the theater? <laughs> and uh, I have a couple written down here that are mine. Yeah. And then I have one that I'm like, this is Sean's. <laughs> Now, I'm afraid that you're going to be like, this is what Sean does, and it's why I'm glad that we don't go to the movies together. I'm afraid that this is, like, the back door for, like, you outing me for some heinous habit where you're like, and this is why I'm glad we don't live in the same country. No, so my pet peeves... This is actually an intervention, yeah. so... <laughs> oh my god, you monster, I love it. No, so, so my big pet peeve, one, screens. We're at the movies, there should be yeah. one. Put your phone away. Turn off the lights. That is the number one on my list, Sean. So we're we're on the same page. The yeah. next one, and I, it's become an issue from seeing movies with my father in recent years. Yeah. Whispering, talking, commenting. <laughs> yeah. I I don't need yeah. a live commentary. This isn't mystery science theater. This isn't like Roger Ebert talking about Citizen Kane. I, yeah. I don't want to know what you think right now. Yeah. Let's have a lovely discussion after, but don't talk during the movies. The only exception I have for that yeah. is if the person, like, there's some, like, twist, and I know the <laughs> twist, and the person behind me catches on, like, half hour after I've already figured out the twist. Yeah. Then I feel pretty good about myself. <laughs> no, I, th- I think that's pretty good. See, and that's, like, I shouldn't say that I don't... I love, like, expressive movie watching. Like, I love people laughing. I love people, like, gasping out of shock or, like, jumping or screaming. Just don't have conversations. And the other other thing that I hate, and this happened when I saw The Beguiled, which you know how much I loved, okay? Yep. A few people that came didn't know... I don't think they had ever seen a movie Sofia Coppola had directed. And... There was a group of ladies that came in that were clearly there for, like, a ladies' night watching a sexy Colin Farrell movie. And th- <laughs> and that's not what The Beguiled that's is. That's not what it is. <laughs> like, The Beguiled is a humid story of sexual repression gone awry. Like, that's, like, yeah. th- that's The Beguiled. But these ladies walked in, and there was only one or two trailers before, so they came in late, okay? And you you hear this one person just go... Oh, is the movie started? Did it start? Oh, it's on. It's on. We should sit. And like there, like I wasn't. I couldn't see them because I was sitting in front of them. But I could walk you through the process of seating for their group of five. And every person in that group had something to say about the movie already playing. And I was like, "You're, you're not like the movie theater is not at fault." The audience is not at fault. You are because you're human garbage and you can't <laughs> go places on time. 
So my two things that I thought were your pet peeves. Yeah. That I had written down for you. No, so Joanna, I feel like you're you're gonna like nail them, and then I'm gonna be like, I also hate that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, is getting up once you've sat down. Oh yeah. In the middle of the aisle. Oh no no no! You do not step over me. Like no. I am not your personal like valet to scoot out of the way or move my <laughs> knees. Like I am settled. You can sit. Yes, especially if the trailers have started and they're like oh. getting up to go get some snacks or yes. something. Yes, yes, or a <laughs> refill. Fucking sat at the end. Yes, <laughs> sit on the aisle if you need to get up and yeah. go. Do it. Sit on the aisle. There's no shame. Okay, sorry. The other you, you got that. That yeah. I was like for sure. I know you hate. Um. <laughs> With the new theaters with the reclining seats, uh-huh. when people come in their PJs and take off their <gasps> shoes and have blankets <sighs> and make it their own living room. <laughs> I don't know that I have to add anything to that, Joanna, because that's exactly <laughs> how I would say that. You hate that. I know you do. So my, my dad and I went to the movie the other day. Yeah. And, like, the little kids came in their PJs and mm-hmm. they had like their blankets and stuff. But a part of it is just like, I mean, it's fun, but I mean, it's. I so mean, it's not here's room. the thing for little kids if you're going to a kids movie that's kind of like a cute novel day out yes the yes. most the most serious offender that i've ever seen is i went to the girl on the train that awful emily blunt movie from last year yep and there were two people it was like it was i you know i'm gonna assume a couple that brought different shoes like different slippers to put on and a blanket and they were already in, like, yoga pants and sweatpants. And I'm just like, how much more comfortable do you need to be in public? <laughs> like, this this is not a, a private space simply because the seat reclines. People yeah. see you. You're out okay. in the world. Yeah. Sorry. I get no. real revved up. I get real revved up about, like, movie theater etiquette. I think I need to... We need to host classes. I know, this is how you movie theater. The thing that I think about, too, is that it's so expensive to go to the movies nowadays. Yeah. You know, like, it's not an insignificant, oh, here's $3 for admission. You know, like, we've all paid money to go and enjoy this experience together, so let's just be in it together. Yeah. Oh, you know what also bothers me? Huh. When people show up late and it's, like, sold out, like, theater... And, and they then they ask you to move? Move down. Oh, nope. Yep. So they can have two seats together or something. Yeah. I'm like, no. No. It's somewhere else. Um, speaking of bad movies. Yeah. Um, poor Sweet Valerian. Joanna, I heard I heard you, you don't think I'd like it. Uh, it would, <laughs> you would hate it, Sean, I promise. <laughs> yeah. So what's what's its real title even? Valerian and, and um, Cities? The City of a Thousand Planets. Okay. So, the honestly, the first five minutes, yeah, I was so into. Really, I was like yes, on board. Mm-hmm. Right, and then you meet the two leads. Yeah, and there's no chemistry whatsoever. Yeah, like they, I they don't like each other, hundred percent. How do people not catch that at any point? In production know. or casting. I don't. They, there was just no chemistry there. And I want the chemistry you get with Zoe Zaldana and Chris Pine. Oh, Not my Chris, gosh. Chris Pine. Yeah. And Chris Pratt. Like, I want some Guardians of the Galaxy. I want some Star Trek. I want that type of mm-hmm. chemistry. Yes. Um, And they did not bring it. I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. But it was not good. Okay. Okay. I it th- was... I wanted it to be like... a 
a marriage of Star Trek and Avatar. Mm-hmm. And I think it wanted that as well. Yeah. But then it wasn't. That's too bad. And I think they wanted the same type of kind, even like Spock and um, Captain Kirk. Uh-huh. Like that type of dynamic duo, one silly, one yeah. like, the rules and that mm-hmm. type of, that buddy cop, or not the buddy cop, the buddy film. Yeah. That's what I think they were going for. And they didn't get it. They didn't get it. But I loved, I loved the idea of it. Yeah. And the opening of the film, of them like setting up the film as explaining what the the thousand cities was and mm-hmm. the origin of it i loved it it's so it so didn't do anything with it it's so sad when something exhibits so much potential and has so much promise yeah. and a lot of skill behind it because yeah separately a lot of the people involved you look at and go you've got a cool career or you've done yeah. things but then together they make nothing yeah which is a bummer. Which and and you know you know my my feelings on this film. But I I recently watched a cure for wellness, Joanna. <laughs> and and with this and Valerian, I think that we officially need a segment called "We Watched It," so that you don't ever have to and just trust yeah. us. Because yeah. a cure for wellness is just one of the most heinous, stylishly empty, sexist pieces of trash I've ever seen. And I'm tempted to just spoil it completely so that no one is like, oh my gosh, it can't be as bad as Sean said. It's worse. Like, I started fast forwarding Joanna because there was so little dialogue. And it was just like, look at our visuals. We're floating in water. Aren't there eels there? No. Yes, there are eels there, but it doesn't matter. Sorry, okay. But <laughs> oh, I, I love when you get fired up about I'm trying to think of what other movies fire you up. Oh my god. I, think I, I hated think it's it. Fun. I hated it, Joanna. I was so mad. <laughs> and then I started, and I even got it from the Red Box. And I got it from the Red Box on like a special. So I had part of the rental off. So at most, I spent a dollar on this movie. And I wanted to write a very strongly worded letter to everyone and say, I'd like my dollar. I you didn't. Dollar you didn't though. earn this. Like yes, yes, you put something on the screen, but that doesn't count. Um, would you rather watch a mm-hmm. Cure for Wellness or Divergent? Divergent. <gasps> I, I, you know, you know, I don't like Divergent. You know, I think it's it's a little hokey and silly. But Divergent at least has a heart, and at least it tries. I, I have literally nothing redeeming to say about A Cure for Wellness. Because even if you look at it, I think that the story and the entire thread of like what the film is actually about and doing is so reprehensible that even when people start to go, but look at how stylish it is, I go, no. like they, They're trying to style up a story that's a really disturbing rape fantasy. Like, yeah. like that's despicable. So, I feel like you mentioned earlier... Mm-hmm. Um, War of the Planet of the Apes. Yes. Did you? What did you think? So I I liked it. Um, yep. I it was not my favorite of the trilogy. I would still say Dawn is my favorite. You know, it, it's a moving film because we get to see Caesar's kind of entire journey. You know, through throughout this trilogy, but it yep. just it felt so unnecessarily bleak at times and there were moments where I'm just like this almost feels mean spirited like I get that we're doing a war movie but can't we have a little levity I would agree with you I probably I really like the first one like with James Franco yeah Uh, I really like Dawn Mm -hmm. 
I but I really liked this one. And yeah. I thought Woody Harrelson He's good. He's real good. Yeah. But I I'd agree with you, it's bleak. Um, speaking of war films. Yes. <laughs> um, not fictional, but Dunkirk. Yes, Joanna. Dunkirk. Christopher Nolan is coming to the big screen and he's trapping us in France and it's stressful and it made me feel like I was dying. Yep. And I I thought visually it was like a masterpiece. Like beautiful. Um, Well, it felt so cold and so steely. The whole thing. Like they really nailed it visually. One thing that surprised me, which again I wasn't necessarily expecting, mm-hmm. I thought the characters who we would be close with, we'd have more of a backstory. Yes. And we, I think, intentionally don't really know them. The other thing that I thought was very interesting about it was the way it structured time. I'd like yeah. to know what did you think about that? Did that work for you, or did you take some issues with it? Well, I think like I, to just kind of explain what you're saying. I think again, it's. The film's about the experience of war, yeah. not individual experience of war. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that's the distinction that they were trying to make. But in terms of the timeline, I I understood it once it got towards the end, when it all kind of came together. Yeah, once everything starts um, intersecting. Yeah, and, and then I, once it was dark and it was light in some places, and then it was all light, and you're like, oh, we're the same time now. Yeah. We're all on the same page. It's light out. It's mm-hmm. the morning. And it all kind of came together. I, I liked it. I thought it was un... I don't know. It felt a little clunky for me at times. Yes. It, um, it felt unnecessary. And, and I'm not, you know... I, I feel like I'm being too critical of him. Because at the same time, I don't really have an alternative plan where I'd go, but you should have done this yeah. instead, Christopher Nolan. Um, and I yeah. And I get that he wanted to, you know, give us an extended amount of time on the beach compared to the shorter spans of time on the boat and in the plane. But there's and there's I a way to do just, that, though, without what I, yeah. they did. And Christopher Nolan, like, I look at Christopher Nolan's filmography, yeah. and he's clearly interested with time. Right? Oh, That's gosh, That's clearly yes. a thing that he's interested in. You look at, like, Interstellar, you look at Inception. That's yeah. clearly something he's negotiating. Yeah. Um, and I really like it in Inception. Mm-hmm. I really like it in Interstellar. Yeah. And it... I don't know. It felt a little... It just was different. It felt a little forced this time around. Because, like you said, in Interstellar, having time pass differently on the different planets was so effective. And and seeing those consequences play out was really powerful. And even Memento moving in reverse. they, They all have such specific ways of dealing with time and ways of understanding and presenting time but this it didn't feel as necessary to the story even though we've had we've said some kind of critical things about it i still think it's a master class in like technical filmmaking yes and i think in terms of whoever did the sound mixing or the sound editing I don't really know the difference between the two. Yeah. (laughs) Someone's getting an Oscar for that. I feel like we just need to hand it to them now. Yeah. Like, let's... That was superb. Let's save time during the ceremony and just ship it to them directly. I know. Don't even bother coming here. It's yours. Mm -hmm. So, I I give them that. Like, when we're up in the air, and you have the shots, and you have the the plane at the same time, like, the sound was great. Yeah. Um, 
do we remember a little old Hacksaw Ridge last year by yeah. Mel Gibson? Yeah. I liked that better. I did not. I liked. I, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I liked. I liked Dunkirk more. Um, okay. What about a good old Saving Private Ryan? Well, Joanna, it's funny that you mentioned Saving Private Ryan because I wanted to introduce a, a brief war movie speed round. <laughs> if you if you don't mind, um, and so I wanted to ask you, Joanna, Saving Private Ryan, or The Hurt Locker. Saving Private Ryan. Really. I love Saving Private Ryan. So, Joanna, I'm hook, line, and sinker. Hurt Locker. What? Yes, hundred and fifty percent. American Treasure. Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks, Matt Damon. It's got a heck of a cast, but I love how, again, immersive the Hurt Locker is. Because I felt like when they were on their missions to, you know, find those bombs and deactivate them, I felt like I was right there with them. In a way that very few movies have made me feel. Like, I felt stress watching that. Okay. But hey, no, but again, like, I wanted it to be a hard one. I agree with you. I really like, I really like Hurt Locker. Yeah. Um, and the, the D-Day sequence... Oh, sorry, go. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say, I think if you were to compare mm-hmm. any World War II versus, um, like, more contemporary war films, yeah. I do like the World War II. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. So, Joanna, it's it's funny that you should mention your love of World War II, because I want to I wanna ask you a question about some movies not about World War II. Okay. <laughs> Full Metal Jacket... Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now. I agree. <laughs> um, um, so let's go. Let's go. Let's go back to World War Two. Yep. You know. You know. One of these is a personal favorite of mine. Okay. Inglorious Bastards. Or Downfall. Oh. I love both of these films. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm going to go with Quentin Tarantino on Gorse Bastards on this. Yep. But I love Downfall. I love Downfall as well, but I also have to pick Inglorious. So we're we're yeah. there too. And then I wanted to ask you, um, how about War from a Science Fiction angle? War for the Planet of the Apes or Edge of Tomorrow? Oh. War for the Planet of the Apes. Again, a split, Joanna, because I'm hard. I'm hardcore Edge of Tomorrow. Okay. Or in Canada, as it's called, live, live die, die repeat. repeat. <laughs> Sorry, they they're doing that everywhere, and they're trying to just reclaim it and make it a cooler thing. But Edge of Tomorrow is a fine title, so leave it alone. I like Edge of Tomorrow too. I don't like Live Die Repeat. It's so silly. Uh uh-uh. uh. So I I kind of mean this in a silly way, but I also kind of mean this in a serious way. I wish that we could really, really tailor our Netflix so that I could have a row instead of having, you know, like dramas, comedies, like Netflix originals. I want a row that says period British murder mysteries. (laughs) Like, like I want, I want it so guided and directed by my taste that like when I turn it on I go yeah I do want to watch this you know like whatever the this is you know yeah. um you like no kidding Sean absolutely yeah. no word of a lie that is my mom's like cue right now 
Yeah. It's like, you like, and it's that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's all my mom's watched. It's so funny. Hey, we, Christine and I have good shared taste. Yep. yep. We, we see the world in the same light, the good wife. Um, speaking of new Netflix television series. Uh-huh. Um, Friends from College. Yeah. Was a damn treat. Joanna, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a real role reversal on you from crashing. I watched uh -huh. an I watched an episode and I didn't like anyone in it. <laughs> it gets I think it's very good. I ha liked it a lot. Have you finished it already? Yes. See, Joanna, you are you're just like the stealthy streaming champion. Like that's <laughs> that's what you need to put on like a business card. Because before I know it, anytime anything comes out, you're just like, oh, I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I like to binge watch. Yeah. <laughs> and mostly it's just like me not being patient. I, yeah. I need to know what happens. Yeah. And that's where I'm at. Um, you know me, I love my Game of Thrones. Yes. But I just need to know how it ends. I just need to know. And there's so few episodes this season. I know. There's only five episodes left. <laughs> so I, I, I like. I love them. Don't mm -hmm. I just need to like, hey, tell me what happens, and I can enjoy it in peace. Yeah. Because right now I'm just stressed. And see, I like. This is gonna sound like some kind of maybe like weird, like filmic fetish or something. But I like that agony of waiting like week to week. Oh, no, that's wrong. <laughs> like, I, like, like with Twin Peaks, like, it's the same time as um, Game of Thrones, but I just think every week, like, like right now, I just think, well, well, I've got Twin Peaks tomorrow. I wonder what, I wonder what David Lynch is going to be up to tomorrow for the, for an hour. Like, I'm excited to see you tomorrow. Okay, I guess you're, and I'm excited too. I'm excited for my Game of Thrones, mm -hmm. but I'd be even more excited to know what's going to happen yes <laughs> you you'd be more excited to have all the answers yeah and everything is just so in the air right now and they're yeah. doing it on purpose just to be like eh, yeah, eh. Yeah. and i'm like just fucking tell us please just <laughs> yeah who sits on the throne 